What happens when the best laid plans that you made, the plans that you made in faith for God get waylaid? Well, the answer is you should prepare for him to do beyond what you could ask or imagine. I have to tell you about what happened just this past weekend. It was one of the most truly amazing things that I've been a part of in my entire life. And what happened was this. Leaders of a network of churches attempted to find connections in Lancaster City, Pennsylvania, to hold an evangelistic outreach with Jonathan Conrath. Jonathan Conrath and his team are from the UK, and we had had him here two years ago in the city of Harrisburg to do outreach there. And it was a phenomenal time. He has a powerful healing ministry, um, Jonathan does. By the way, I'm going to have his name in the show notes and his information so that you can check him out and access him. He, please do. He's he's wonderful. Dear, dear brother, and he travels the world. Well, God supernaturally connected the leaders of our network to other local pastors. And as more ministries began hearing of the plans, they eagerly stepped forward to join in the details of this outreach that we wanted to do. And now keep in mind, so there were there was a network of churches um, that our church is a part of, but then there were all these other churches that were not part of the network. They were different denominations. Um, some were Spanish-speaking churches. Um, the rest of us were, were mostly English-speaking churches in the network. But they all started coming together. And one veteran city pastor remarked that he had never before worked with a group of bishops and pastors in which there was such a spirit of unity and love and such an eagerness to serve one another across denominational and ethnic boundaries. But six weeks ago, citing COVID, our British evangelist friends were denied visas by the U.S. government. And as the pastors and leaders pondered what to do with this disappointing news, God spoke. He said to them, you were planning for an event, but I, the Lord of the church, have bigger plans. I am calling my people to work together as one body, one flock. Up until this point, you've been separated into your individual domains. Now I am calling you to let me be Lord over the church, and I am calling you to let the boundaries serve me instead of you serving the boundaries. I'm preparing a beautiful bride who will be able to welcome in the harvest that I am bringing. So this past Friday evening, under an enormous tent next to the First Spanish Assembly of God Church, worship filled the air of Lancaster City. So we sang choruses in English and then Spanish and and back in English and then Spanish. And there was just such a sweet atmosphere. It, it was seamless. There was no awkwardness there. There's freedom even to dance for those who desired. One man who freely danced before the Lord did not do it out of pride, we were later told by his pastor. He said, I won't give Jimmy's testimony tonight, but if you knew how God delivered him out of the belly of hell, his pastor explained, you dance too. And then the pastor said that Jimmy had just turned 70 and was given his first ever birthday party and cake by the congregation. Well, more than one person observed that Friday evening and throughout the weekend in the presence of pastors from 14 ministries and churches and cultures, all honoring one another, sharing the microphone, worship seamlessly transitioning between the languages. They said, I've never seen anything like this before. I kept hearing that statement. Well, Saturday morning, it was time to hit the streets. We were doing outreach that day. So at about 10 a.m., 30 of us, around 30 of us, gathered for basic training under the tent. 
And then we informally divided up with those who spoke Spanish, raising their hands, and the rest of us clustering around them so as to have bilingual representation in the city. What ended up that five of us, all perfect strangers, with the exception of one woman in my group who I knew, uh, ventured out together. And in retrospect, I don't know if pre-planning may have helped, may not have, but I propose we go into the worst neighborhood possible. So we just kind of struck out where we saw people, and eventually we did end up in what our homegrown Lancaster guy in our group described as the projects. It was just the best way to spend a morning. Seeing neighbors sitting out on their porches and stoops and just enjoying being neighbors and praying over people, praying over people with injuries, um, hearing people's stories, listening as folks just poured out their hearts, praying for family members, encouraging them, and then watching this other woman in my group use a simple evangelism tool to lead people in a prayer of repentance just doesn't get any better. So the common thread of Jesus Christ held our little band together, which even that aspect of it, I was saying, that's, it's just amazing. We didn't know each other. We never even laid eyes on each other before that weekend. And we represented such an age and, and background and cultural difference, but it didn't matter. We enjoyed hearing each other's stories as we roamed the blocks in the August heat. And we just enjoyed you know, sharing about what the Lord has done in our lives. My 10-year-old came with us and she handed out flyers to children or tucked them in the doors of the houses to notify residents that there were pony rides and a tractor train that afternoon at the church. So we finally handed out the very last of our flyers and we started to head back. A couple hours had gone by. It was hot. (laughs) We were soaked with sweat. And we got back to the church and families began showing up. And as they came to enjoy the pony rides and the free food and the tractor and the bounce house, all of it was free of charge, but they could only enjoy it while getting a full blast of powerhouse testimonies coming out of the nearby tent from former gang members who'd grown up in the city, came out of addiction in prison, and were now sold out to Jesus Christ. And they had these big speakers there. I mean, these testimonies and and the worship that these guys were commanding and just insisting that we lift up the name of Jesus. This was just blaring out of the tents. It was awesome. And the whole the whole block could hear it. Well, the highlight of the weekend though for me and so we, we had worship that Saturday night again. That was fantastic. We had worship again Sunday, Sunday evening. But the highlight of the weekend for me was the call to baptism Sunday night after a short message by one of the pastors. And he said that baptism has been called an outward symbol of an inward change. And it's certainly that. But it's so much more. And citing scriptures, Pastor Matt explained how there's a spiritual transaction that happens at baptism and why it's so important to get rid of the stuff from your past that clings to you as you seek to move forward in Christ. Well, there is a stock watering tank, the kind that you use for livestock, for horses in the field. And uh, one of the guys in in my uh, church said, I'm, I'm filling it in faith. And he had it all filled and ready to go. And one by one, these dear people came forward. We didn't have any robes. But one of the pastors spoke to any would-be hesitancy saying, your jeans will dry. And we watched people get in the waters and it was just, it was amazing. I mean, some people got powerfully delivered of, of visible demonic stuff while in the water and they came out of it. And Raphael, who my friend's husband led to the Lord just the morning before, 
came out of the waters with it just a changed countenance. He looked so different as he emerged. He said, I felt resentment lifting off of me in the water. So while all of this is just so exciting, it's so precious, we believe it's just the very beginning of what the Lord is doing in our city. We're already praying about the next steps, but we also believe it's what the Lord wants to be doing in your city, in cities across the globe. He wants to reclaim what the enemy has come in and stolen. He wants to be Lord and is Lord of your city and of your state, of your province, of your region, of your nation. It says so in Revelation that he is, he is the king of the nations. I remember one night back in June, my friend Sonia was praying for this event that we had this past weekend. And, and this was back when we were still anticipating Jonathan Conrath and his team coming. And she said, Lord, even if Jonathan can't make it, let us not put our trust in a man or in a ministry, but in you. How the Lord answered that prayer. Is your life marked by fear or by faith? When we catch a glimpse in our spirits of the mightiness of the God we serve, and when we allow his words to penetrate our hearts, doors suddenly open where there seemed only to be walls. The prospect of bad news no longer intimidates us. We eagerly anticipate the days ahead. The mundane in life suddenly becomes an adventure. In my book, Leaving the Shallows, Igniting the Faith that Overcomes the World, 40 meditations on teaching and testimony will encourage your heart and boost your faith to see his kingdom come in your own life. Check out Leaving the Shallows, Igniting the Faith that Overcomes the World, available on Amazon, or for more information, go to www.emilytomco.com.